Skate family, we're back with episode 178. We got myself, Hal, Ted in the building. It's a nice uh, Sunday matinee pod. How are you guys doing today? Living the dream, Dale. Just got off the lake, did my ice fishing. Um, you guys ever been ice fishing before? Never, yeah. What are your thoughts? Is this your first time? Yeah, so I woke up this morning on a t shirt, a hoodie, a flannel to put over the hoodie, a pair of jeans and a pair of winter boots. And as I'm leaving, I'm like, you know what? Let me grab my North Face coat, like just in case I get a little cold. It's fucking freezing, dude. I wish somebody would have kind of let me know because I asked everybody, I'm like, hey, what should I bring? They're like, a good attitude. I'm like, I can do that. So, but I have like snowmobile like gear, like a coat and like pants. And I wish somebody would have told me that. I froze my ass off. Luckily, my buddy was there and had an extra pair of like Carhartt overalls. So like I wasn't that cold, but holy shit, dude. It was fun. Like knowing what I know now, I'll adjust. Like I'll probably bring some like Jack Daniels to warm me up a little bit. But we had a good time. We caught a pickerel. Uh it's super easy. I mean, we didn't have a fire on the ice. Do people like start fires on the ice while they do it? Or is that just a bad idea? Is that a dumb question? Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, but what if it melts through the ice and then you're in? You know, catch some more fish, dude. I don't know. But, yeah, but the lake itself was ten inches thick. Yeah, it's good. So that was good. But Hal, what was your experience ice fishing? I don't hate it. I don't love it. I think I think when it comes to ice fishing, I'm just pretty high maintenance. Like there are a couple rules that I have. Uh one, I, I don't I can't be the person that has to drive home because I feel like the whole purpose of ice fishing is drinking. Uh so if you don't have a ride, there's no real point. Number two, I think it's clutch when someone like someone in the group has a snowmobile having the ability to maneuver quickly in different areas. I don't know if that makes me high maintenance. Uh, Bro, I couldn't agree more. The walk out to the middle of the lake, it should have taken maybe 30 seconds, but because of how, like, there was, like, snow on, so every time you step, like, puts in, and I was gassed. Like, absolutely gassed. A snowmobile would have been nice, for sure. 100%, dude, and I think, yeah, I mean, overall, it's a good time. From my personal experiences, uh, I go with like a family who does it a lot and they have like, they have like a spot, you know how like veterans have a spot, like you go out in the middle of the lake and in the middle of the lake, there's like an Island. Uh, so like they go on the Island to like build a fire or like set up things. So like you're like on land and then you can like walk out, but you're still in the middle of the lake. So I feel like half of the battles, just having a good spot, having a good like warming hut. Did they have, did they have a shack? No, the warming hut was my hut. That was 10 minutes, 10 minute walk. So gotta have a shack. Like if there's not a shack that you can go inside, but it was still fun. Like we had beers, like we caught a couple of fish and like the storytelling, I went with this one guy that I work with and he was telling me how uh, him and he went with his buddy and his buddies, like five friends, they went to Wyoming to go elk hunting and they, dude, it's fucking nuts. Like the story was telling me how they like rode horseback to get where they had like a camp and they'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, and ride horses out to find these elk, but you couldn't have flashlights on because the shadow spooked the horses. So he was like riding his horse in the middle of the Wyoming woods for like three hours. And then as soon as the lights started coming up, he looked to his left and there was like a 500 foot cliff. Like he, 
it was it was pretty sick like just just like you know classic ice fishing stories of like guys way more nails than me doing shit that i wish i had the capabilities of doing but it, it was fun it, it was a good time i i enjoyed it i definitely do it again i guess there's a competition president's day weekend so derby yeah i might head out there i mean we didn't the, the fish weren't biting a ton but still great time I, those hand and feet warmers are what I need to bring for next time. I, I had like nice gloves on and I, cause you get the wind off the lake, right? Which I didn't think about. So again, thank God I brought a winter coat. Otherwise I would have been screwed. One thing I wanted to say really quick about derbies, two best part about derbies to me, there's always fucking raffles, big time raffles. I'm like a I for raffles. Dude. Yeah. And it's usually like good stuff. Like you're like out there ice fishing all day. Your feet are cold, right? Like they're frozen. And then they're like raffling off some like wool insulated socks. You're like, fuck, I'll throw a raffle in there. So raffles, number two, just a ton of fucking hot dogs, steamed hot dogs, grilled hot dogs. They'll be available. So Derby I'm in. Um, yeah. Ice fishing. Cool. I also think like if I was an ice fisherman, I'd be just like knowing hockey, like we used to play at this little pond called like Loftberry Lake. And like at the end of the year, like the nets would always just sink in because we forgot to take them off. Like I feel like I'd lose a shack if I was an ice fisherman. So too yeah, much responsibility. You have to keep inventory for sure. Yeah. Uh, how's your week been, dude? What, what are you up to? Nothing. I don't know. I mean, that's good. I'm pumped. Hockey's back. I watched a ton of hockey update. I have NHL Network now, like in the casa. So, so that was huge because I watched last night. I watched some West Coast games. The one shout-out I will give to NHL Network, because there haven't been a ton of Canadian games if you don't have the package, or literally any, is they do a lot of West Coast late-night showing of, like, Canadian games. I had it on last night. And that, yeah, and that's, like, the only way I'll be able to watch those games, so I'm actually thankful for that. Shout-out, that's one thing NHL Network does right. And I know their, like, show's really not that good. Their highlight show, it's the same clips over and over again. But it felt nice to be, like, from, like, 1 to 2.30. I was on the couch, like, half asleep. Like, just, like, watching the same highlights over and over again. You know how comforting that is? Like, yeah. that puts me to sleep. It uh, makes it, it has, like, a homey vibe to it. And and I know it, it kind of sucks the same highlights over and over again. But if you want to be sort of up to date on the NHL, literally just turn that on once. And, and you kind of have, like, a decent idea of what's going on. It, it is nice because on the sports center, like, you don't get anything. Like that, so. 100%. All right, so before we uh, turn into NHL in the news, is there anything else you guys want to mention about NHL Network this week in our intro? Uh, do you want us to pat your back? Is that what? Is that yeah, what? any any special things that might have happened with the morning skate and NHL Network and uh, any any cool things? I don't know if you, you want to go, Jimmy. I didn't see anything. How did you see anything? No. Do you want to elaborate on what you're talking about? Maybe you'll help me ring a bell. Yeah, so unfortunately, I didn't see anything either, and I still haven't seen anything. But apparently, I myself was on NHL Network, a little, little 30-second video clip of my Saratoga Lake skate from a week or two ago. Pretty cool to have someone from the NHL Network reach out over email and say, hey, can we post this? And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. Go for it. Here, hey, said, go for it. Here's the better clip, and uh, just, just let us know. Just let us know when you want to post it, and uh, we'll record it. We didn't. We didn't get that. We didn't get that update. She, it wasn't she, she must have. She must have not read that far down the email. But uh, it was cool to get like text from people being like, "Yo, you're on NHL Network," and they tagged Morning Skate. Apparently, still haven't seen the clip, but <laughs> it's out there. Thank God. And that's the funny part too is they probably showed that. Like, what was it on? Was it on like their highlight date? No, anything? it was on like you know how if there's a seven o'clock game, they have a show that goes from like five to seven. Yeah, it's NHL Live, maybe. Yep. It was on that show. There you go. 
yeah, I mean, good for you, Dale. That's like, uh, that's what you dream about, I guess. The one thing I was kind of shocked on, and this is no knock on Saratoga Lake. Like, I love Saratoga Lake. But there were people being like, wow, that's – like, and it was a beautifully shot video. Like, the whole scene itself was beautiful. But people were like, wow, that, that looks so, like, beautiful and, like, yeah. scenic yeah. there. And I never really think about Saratoga Lake in that capacity. Like, usually it's, like, Lake George or, like, no, you know, Lake. It's because it was the first, like, pond hockey video that came out. Because no offense to Saratoga Lake. Again, I love skating on it. And, like, you can get some cool shots. But that doesn't sniff the ones in, like, Banff. And like, no. you know yeah. what I mean? But like, still, it was pretty cool because it, it was the first one I think that kind of came out. And uh, shout out to Dale for risking it all to get on that ice. Dude. Yeah, Dale saw a dead body in the ice, but he still went out there to get the video. Number, number two, I also do want to say, though, Dale, I think that really shows how fortunate you are, though, because like we grew up, you didn't really think about it. Like you lived yeah. like on the fucking lake and like every like winter, like I could guarantee that we were going to have like a big game down on the lake. And, like, your family would, like, have the fire going. And I'd be able to just eat snacks and, like, try to, like, chug beers around your parents without them knowing. Yeah. What's that? I was always pretty geared up for the fake fights because, like, you knew when you were going to be a sick fake fight, dude, and you wanted to make sure that, like, you threw your your elbow guard (laughs) off as you were going, you know. Just like cock it it for, like, 15 minutes. Really quick, we could talk about this in – in like EASHL, but I don't want to lose this thought process. So first, uh, Friday night, I played a lot of chill this weekend. Friday night, we played with Dale, and Dale had a couple big goals. We won one game, and then we all got a little sleepy. Uh, we lost game two. Second night, I was playing with Dan and Ked, and uh, we played this team. We were on a hot streak, and we played this team. There was like the NHL all-star, all-star team. It was like the Gretzky team, which, one, is such a douchey move to do that. But uh, – we were the Rangers and they were that superstar team and, and fever boy Rex got in a fight. He was Chris Kreider. Oh no, that was me, dude. Oh, it was Ked. It was Ked. You got in a fight and it was Chris Kreider and it was Gordy Howe. And basically what we learned is that Gordy Howe throws the meanest uppercuts in NHL 20 of all time. Like he also doesn't lose fights. I was, I was Chris Kreider. I punched him. I'm not kidding around. I probably punched him 10 times when he had no health. Like over and over and over again, and then out of nowhere, Gordy Howe throws two uppercuts, and Chris Kreider's face winds up in the fucking. <laughs> it was incredible. It's just kind of like a funny thing. Like I, I shit on EA Sports and like NHL Twenty One and shit a lot, but I do think it's funny if they were just like, let's give Gordy Howe a mean uppercut because that's one hundred percent what happened. Yeah, and it's a fun fact because like I don't play with that team or whatever. Do you think that that guy just like plays with that team and he just he's <laughs> at somebody to try to fight Gordy Howe and he like just. He could have he could have done nothing for a half hour. Chris Kreider could have punched Gordy Howe in the face over and over and over again, and then how to just hit him with two uppercuts? Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was worth bringing up. Dale, I didn't mean to uh, derail you. Do you have any other thoughts on your claim to fame? No, dude. It was cool. Uh, it was nice to get the text from Charlie. But uh, I'm still. If anybody's out there listening, has some either idea or capability to go back and rewind NFL Network to the 14th at 5 p.m. Let me know. because I, I have to have it. I would Dale, do. is that my net, by the way, that you're using? No, it's uh, my neighbor's net down at the, the lake. Your net's still uh, behind the office. I just thought I was donating it to someone who cared. That net meant so much to me. It's just behind the office. So, Ken, oh, dude, I'll you're that for fun hockey. Yeah, yeah listen, I might I might pick that up this week and drop it over top at TJ Delaney's house. Stop, dude. If that if that net needs to go to like a boys 
like pond hockey rink, then a hundred percent it should belong there. It should, it should, I, I feel like that net should belong to TJ. Yeah, I do too. It just feels right. So we'll play yeah. it out. If you pick it up, Dale, that's great. I figured as much because the other thing we could bring up really, really quick because we're kind of derailed. Uh, you just sat there and we're doing like the Michigan goal. You were practicing that outside. So I, I, brought, saw that. I don't know. brought my tripod out on nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times? So so we saw the clip. You you showed like three that you didn't get and then one or two that you buried. Uh, yeah. How many total shoots were there? So. There's a couple, but um, two different angles. The first one, it took me to my 11th try to get it. So got it on the 11th try, which was pretty pretty nice. Um, and then the second angle where it's like shotting into the sun, that one took a long time just because it was, I don't know, I just couldn't get a good club. But, yeah, I can do it now. 11 is not bad, dude. That's actually lower than I thought you were going to say. Shout out to Absolute Filth Hockey Wax, too, because I feel like the first couple of tries, it's so easy when you are when you have a nice wax. And shout out to us for the quick little 14-minute intros. Let's just hop right in. Uh, let's go to NHL in the news. news time here we go let's we're hopping right in uh first on the docket <coughs> Voracek mike seleski seleski uh you know you guys are living under a rock essentially what happened the other night is the flyers i'm pretty sure they put the penguins after the game they're asking questions they're doing all sorts of things and then uh and then this happens mike sealski you're on go ahead yeah this question is for jake um two games in jake how different does the season feel, if at all, given the circumstances, the off season and the condensed schedule and everything? Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking shit every time. No, so it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, yeah, different. I mean, we got four points after the first two games. Uh, I, I wasn't even gonna answer your question because you are such a weasel. It's not even funny. Next question. Such a weasel, it's not even funny. I enjoy seeing Travis Konecki's face as this is going on. Uh, it's nice to see players kind of stick up for themselves. So how, what, what do you have on this? I don't know. So I'm a Voracek guy. I took a look. Uh, Murphy's Law 74, who had a really hot take weekend online. I don't know if you saw that. He was in the crosshairs from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're going to talk about that in the Bruins talk a little but, bit. So he got, he was, he got <laughs> called out for this too because he told Voracek to grow up. Um, essentially, apparently this stems because in 2019, the, the reporter who Voracek hates was laughing at Vigneault, uh, as Vigneault called them out to reporters or something like that. Um, and then Murphy's Law was like, why didn't you say it to his face? And Voracek, <laughs> Voracek's response, what do you think he was doing last year in the locker room? He didn't even look at me because he knew I was going to slap. Trust me, I'd love to, I'd love to face the face. That was our first interaction since. So Voracek hates him. I kind of like it. i I don't get the people who like have a dump in their pants about this. This goes back to like Dowdy, like having NHL players that like speak their minds. It's funny. Um, and I, this reporter doesn't sound like the best reporter. And also Travis connecting. I thought he handled that, that really was, well. You know, so funny when like Borchek initially goes in, connect, he's like, Ooh, all right, this might be happening right now. 
it kind of his like expressions remind me of like when you're at the bar and like you're like blacked out friend saying some really like like shit that he just needs to like tone down a bit you know what i mean it's like oh jesus like ked's feeling it tonight yeah i'm trying to look up i mean but, like you laugh there's reasons why he did this because celeste has been going at him for forever like he has a tweet from 2018 holgram signed drew holgram wasn't rebuilding i agree the voracek contract was a mistake flyers have to cut one more player manning lawton mike voracek uh I mean, and that isn't it. Like, there was this one where he he talked about if he should sign him or, like, one of the reporters, and he chose the reporter. Like, this Mike guy's been going at Voracek for years, and it's kind of nice. Did this kind of remind you a little bit of Dan Boyle and Larry Brooks? Yeah, a little bit, but I would say More. meaner. Yeah. yeah, just meaner. <laughs> like, like, I felt like uh, Dan Boyle was just really pissed off in the locker room, and he, like, got caught at a bad time, and he was just like, I hate this guy. I'm going to snap. Whereas, like, Voracek, I feel like, had been, like, truly waiting for this moment. Like, Voracek, do you know what I mean? This was, like, premeditated. He's, like, the first time I hear this guy's voice. Like, I bet you in his head when he heard, like, the guy start talking, he was, like, fucking jackpot. Yeah, it, that was uh, – I mean, what do you do if you're Mike? You change your name. Like, how awkward is it going back to work? I mean, thank, thankfully for him, it's not, like, normal work where, you're, like, you're seeing your colleagues all the time. But, like, you think now when he does a Zoom call, he just doesn't turn his camera on? Yeah, maybe, but like that's a it's a tough call like because he probably still has to do his job. Like if I'm him, I'm right I'm right back in that Zoom next week trying to get another question out to him and like see how many times Voracek's going to like verbally assault me, but realistically this guy's probably just not when Voracek's on he's just not going to show up. It would be the only way that Mike could kind of gain a little bit of respect, I think at least in my eyes, is if he comes back to the Zoom call with a Voracek Sox t-shirt. Like that would be that would mix the pot, and you'd be kind of sticking up for yourself. This kind of has Will Leviths vibes. I don't know if you guys know that. It's a reporter from our hometown who got spanked uh, over Dave Portnoy's lap this weekend. Uh, hashtag cancel Will. But th- this was this was something that um, it was crazy and good. I mean, good for Borchek for sticking up for himself. But uh, this came out on the waiver wire today. Aaron Dell of Toronto and Jason Spezza of Toronto are among those on NHL waivers. <clears throat> Spezza's agent came out and said that he's going to retire if he's claimed. Jason Spezza, I'm going to put this up on the video right now. This is his career over 11, no, over, holy shit, how many years has he played? Two, seven, 18 years he's been in the NHL. Uh, he's put up some pretty decent numbers. I mean, I didn't know that he put up 92 points as a 24-year-old and 90 points for a 22-year-old. That's pretty impressive. But what do you have on Jason Spezza, his career uh, – where, where does he – I mean, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he is. What, what do you have on Jason Spezza? Not a bunch. I mean, I respect Jason Spezza a lot. Like, I I think Jason Spezza is, like, one of the most hyped prospects of all time. And he kind of delivered, like, look back on those old Ottawa teams. They made the cup final that year. He was electric on Ottawa. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but maybe he gets some love in Ottawa. I'm not sure how that would play out. Ottawa's a new franchise, too, so it's not like they have a ton – of numbers to retire. Do you know what I mean? Like Alfredson, they retired Chris Phillips number. So I feel like you probably got to retire. Uh, other than that though, I don't, I don't think I, I have a ton on it. I kind of feel like it's a non-story like classic Toronto, maybe he's getting their way. Agent comes out. He's like, he'll retire if he goes anywhere else. What are you supposed to do in that situation? Be like, well, we're going to try like, no, he's like Toronto Maple Leafs fans acting like this is the end of the world. It's like probably just going to play out. He's going to be on your taxi squad and get called up. I'm sure it's some sort of 
number situation going on and everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of cool if Ottawa claimed them. It would, but then, like, does that ruin – that kind of puts Fez in a tough situation, though, because he's yeah. basically like, I do not want to play anywhere but Toronto, uh, but he's also a legend in Ottawa. So, like, how do you be like, no thanks? You can spin it as you get to retire in Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's Melnick's world, so we'll see how he wants to handle it. We're going to talk about Eugene in a little bit. Next story, sticking with Ottawa. Tim Stutzel's NHL nickname is Jimmy, and sometimes Jimmy Stew. I'm told Kachuk wanted to mess with his new teammate and roommate and started calling him Jimmy and is now stuck with the players. Norris says sometimes I forget his name is actually Tim. I think it's kind of a cool story. I don't really have much on it, but I love the fact that like Kachuk's just out here calling people different names and it sticks. Yeah, a locker room guy. I like that. That builds morale. Uh, a good nickname honestly goes a long way when you're like getting to know people on a team. Like as long as you have a good nickname, you can just throw out whenever like you're covered. So Jimmy, I think Jimmy's a good nickname for a rookie. Also, it kind of shows him like he's like a, this stud who's jumping in 18 years old. And it's like, well, we're not even going to call you by your real name. So I like that angle too. I just want I'll pivot because I wanted to talk about this anyway. I think the Ottawa Senators jerseys look really good on TV. Yeah, like, they really do. They're clean. Like – I like them a ton. Like when they came out, I don't think it was really anyone's favorite jersey. I like that they went back to the flat. Like I think yeah. that looks better in the all black. I don't know. Something about their jerseys, I like them 20, 50% more, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. In terms, of, they, they just scream like they're a Canadian team with those jerseys. Cause like when I think of like Team Canada and like US World Juniors, they always have like really cool, simple, but like fucking impactful jerseys. And I feel like Ottawa kind of went with that vibe. 100%. And then two more things. I'll just throw these out there. One, Josh Norris is their first-line center with Kachuk, and he was in this, quote, young American guy. I think he lit it up at World Juniors a couple years back. I know he was, like, an assistant captain. What do you guys think? I mean, he's Ottawa's number one right now. I think Colin White's number two. Like, that's really the issue with Ottawa. Like, can Josh Norris be a number one? I, um, <laughs> for some reason, I thought Norris was their head coach. In this in this quote, I had no idea that that was even a player. So All right, perfect. In terms of like Ottawa, but so yeah, that's probably a problem. Like, yeah, where's Derek Stepan? Third line or second line? He's actually second line. I take it back. I don't know what's going on with White. I don't remember their whole lineup, but I do know really quick. I did want to throw this out there. I love their third line. Nick Paul, who like when we play with the centers and Chell, I'm always like, why does Nick Paul have the puck? Chris Tierney and Connor Brown. They're just like a scrappy. Yeah. Uh, quick, young, like young line, pocket on the fourth line. So they have depth. I just don't know. Ottawa's close, but just not there yet. You know, they uh, scrappy is the perfect way to describe them. Yeah, um, but that's why we have an Ottawa. Moving on to your favorite team, the Vegas Golden Knights, named Mark Stone their captain. Uh, I know you don't like the Knights. I really like Mark Stone as a player, so I think this is a good, good pick for them. They signed him, they locked him up, and he's the type of player that he leads by example, but not just by scoring goals. He's one of the most sound defensive players in the NHL. Like if you look over the last 10 years or, or 10 years or so, uh, and you look at turnover videos, the two people you think of is like Pavel Datsuk and then Mark Stone. Yeah, no, I think uh, I agree. Very good hockey player, two way defensive. And then he just seems like the natural leader, like the guy that they would look up to the most. I've talked about it. Seems like their locker room's just been weird with the Leonard flurry stuff. And then, like, Schmidt getting traded, and there's all those rumblings. You have guys like Marshall so who always seem to be, like, saying something stupid to the media. I, it's kind of a tough locker room to to run, but I feel like he's the natural choice, and it's a good move. I don't have a ton on it. Does it make you like the Knights a little bit more? 
No, it doesn't. But I like I do like Mark Stone as a player. Side note too, it makes me really happy. If you play Dynasty mode on NHL twenty one, uh Pacioretty has like such low trade value because they like weigh his contract so poorly. And it just makes me laugh that you can get Patch Ready for like a fifth round pick in Chelmo. Patch Ready for a fifth round pick. Kirill Kaprasov, what do you know about this kid? Because in his first two games, he has a goal, three assists, and overtime winner. He is buzzing for the Minnesota Wild. They're 2 0 right now. Yeah, I don't know. They look good. I saw that you wrote down that they're 2 0. Originally, I thought that was Minnesota Wild 2.0, which would be funny. Uh, I didn't, I'm not sold on the wild yet at all. The kid looks awesome, like really good hockey player. I st- I know they have a ton more prospects, but they're not there yet. If you're a wild fan, he's pumped. Like when was the last time they had a prospect like that? Gabrick, when he came in and he was young, probably. So good for them. I hope Fiala hits it up. I was each time I just kind of went through each team stuff I was thinking about. One Cam Talbot, two wins. Their backup goalie is like the Hamburglar and some guy from Finland I've never heard of before. Talbot's gonna be leaned on a lot and like. I know you're a Rangers fan. Like I don't something about Cam Talbot. I've always liked him, and I hope he succeeds. And he kind of had a tough time out west. So if he if I I picked him to be a good number one, I don't know. Do you have anything on that? Uh, Cam Talbot kind of confuses me because I mean he carried the Rangers, but when he went out west, he was just not who they all expect him to be. Right? You're going to Edmonton. You have McDavid, Drysdale. You have all these people. Oh, we finally got a number one goalie, and he didn't really prove it. But it's nice to see that he's kind of regained a little bit of composure in Minnesota. Again, it's only two games in. But, uh, I mean, this this kid's really, really good, man. If we're talking rookies that look like they belong in the NHL, he's definitely one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have three rookies that Lafreniere isn't on the, the, uh, the score sheet. Yeah, I'll talk about him in a little bit. But he looks like he belongs in the NHL. Stutzel looks like he belongs in the NHL. And this Kaprasov kid looks so it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a pretty good year for rookies i'm gonna throw this out there too really quick uh minnesota wild i'm looking for a breakout year from upstate new york zone uh jordan greenway i feel like he had a ton of hype he's like 24 now bu prospect he was a great world junior player threw the body around still does two points in two games i think last year he came in like 20 some 20 something points maybe 30 i don't know he's a power forward sometimes they take longer to develop that'd be i just a cool player to me if he was able to kind of build on that, can New York? He's huge too. It's so hard to stop a player that that's that is that big and can skate like he can. It would be kind of cool. Upstate New York, shout out to them. That would be dope. Um, <coughs> next story: The AHL's in danger. Larry Brooks wrote this. Uh, three teams have opted out, leaving 28 clubs to play. The schedule will differ by division. Some teams will play as few as 24 games. Others may play as many as 42. Most two-way contracts mandate salaries in the range of 70 grand. You do the math. If players play is strictly prorated, a player on a 24-game team making 70 grand would earn a total of $20,487 for tax. Players on teams in 42-game schedules would earn a pre-tax 35 grand that they shouldn't spend in one place. Come on, man. And in addition, these players have not been paid since receiving their final 2019-20 paychecks in the middle of April. That's tough. How do you make a living off of that? I don't know, man. That is really hard. It's hard, though, because, like, so many other people, not just hockey players, have lost their jobs and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's happening to everybody, and it sucks to see, and you want us to support them, but, like, it's a business, and you understand why it's happening, you know? It sucks. I just looked it up because I wasn't sure. So it's the uh, Charlotte Checkers, Milwaukee Admirals, and Springfield Thunderbirds that are opting out. Like, that stinks for those players, but I saw a lot of guys. It seemed like a ton of guys went over to Europe. Um, I guess that looks like it, sh- it was the move, right? Like yeah. it would just suck to be someone you thought you might make the taxi squad. You didn't. And now you're in the AHL and you're like, screwed. 
Yeah, I uh, it has like some real coast to me. Like there, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they've collected and like put their money away that they made so far. But can you imagine like being like a 23 year old kid who has a chance of making an NHL team someday, and so you want to play in the AHL, but like all you're making is that. Like that's that's got to be tough. Um, but there's dudes and the, there's dudes that play in like the SBHL that are doing it. Like at the end of the day, and I don't. I'm not saying that that doesn't make it super hard, but if I was in that position, I'd still be like, screw it. Like, this is my chance. It sucks. You're not getting paid what you deserve. No? No, yeah, no. I I guess I'll never be there because nobody <laughs> the team, so. uh, Moving on. I don't know if you saw this. Home two Rangers, Islanders in pregame. Cal Clutterbuck took a shot, hit Varlamov up high, and it starts ahead to start the rookie. <clears throat> and this was like moments before the game started. Uh, Trot said there's no update on Varley. It's unacceptable to hurt your goalie and warm up. This is Cal Clutterbuck. I mean, this is the most classic player in the league that it happened to. Do you guys have any stories like growing up in like warm-ups or whatever, or a goalie getting hurt or goalie freaking out? Like I have uh, – Drew Williams took a slap shot one time and missed the net and hit Zach Spencer in the back of the leg and like – that almost carried over to fisticuffs before the game started. You had all the Spencer boys going after Drew. It was it was it was kind of crazy back then. But do you guys have any like pre-game stories where a goalie gets hurt or like somebody gets hit up high? No, not really, dude. I mean, me personally, I always keep it low. Like I aim warm-ups, I aim for the pillows. Uh, that's just always been my motto. Hard and low. Like I to me in warm-ups, I get my shots off like when I'm practicing when the goalie's not in net. That's that's when I try to like practice on like picking a corner. When the goalie's in net, I'm just trying to like get hard contact at the pad. I feel like Ket, are you a high and hard guy in warmups? No, no, I'm not because I have a brain. Like you hit the goalies in the pad, and if I shoot kind of high, it's going to be directly at their glove where they can like kind of warm that up. I'm not saying I played at like a super high level, but like the level I played hockey at, I feel like collectively everybody on the team should realize not to shoot the puck at the goalie's head. And I played with probably three or four kids at, at my last place that I played that. Didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. It was just fucking wire shots. Like, that's unacceptable. Backup goalie, I kind of get a little bit loosey-goosey when it comes to where I'm shooting. But, like, on your starter, man, this is, like, again, I'm not even the NHL, and I know that. Yeah, no, I agree. Dale, anything anything from you? Yeah, I mean, now now I know all this stuff. Um, but I feel like growing up, like, being 14 or something, there's probably a time or two that I hit TJ in the head or – something i'm a very non-confrontational person so i do i feel like i can't like specifically recall an instance but i could totally i bet that there was a time i rang one off uh goalie's dome and he yelled at me sounds about right <laughs> we've all been there you know you see it happen in beer league a lot like they're like i think that that's a place where people just don't have anything to yeah i guess but i think in beer league to me a lot of times it's just dudes who have no control of their shot yeah, but like, exactly. So why wouldn't you just slide on the ice? Yeah, honestly, sometimes in warmups when the goalie's in the net, I just don't even bother. That's usually sometimes I'll get my stretches in at that point, and then when he skates out, I'll be fucking in there. I played with a few goalies where if you even thought about shooting high, and then they'd freak out. So every once in a while, it'd be kind of funny just to like shoot one purposely high, just to see him like fucking skate out the net. Like, Are you kidding me? Like hopping and puffing. But that's like practice. You can do that in practice. Like on purpose is funny. That's different. Yeah, I. When I was a Bantam, so when you're Bantam, how old are you? You're, you're, 14, yeah. 13. There was a there was a dad, and he would, like, pay us in slushies if we hit the other goalies in the head with pucks. So, <laughs> I mean, that was back in the Wild West. If that happened nowadays, that would be a big no-no, but I, I, I'll never forget that. 
Like, you like, get on these lockies, dude? No, dude. I, I mean, I can, I can still barely lift the puck. I'm a big fan of like, uh, hey, buddy, you, you owe this kid a Gatorade after the game for that pass type of coaching, though. You know what I mean? Or just like using Gatorades or things like that after the games. But you never experienced that in youth hockey? Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, yeah, buddy, that's a fucking – like you said him – you got set up back door by Connor Murphy. Like you should buy him a Gatorade after the game. Like, I don't know, they kind of just kind of banter. So you're a positive reinforcement kind of guy. That's how you get you going. Yeah. <laughs> Dead ass, you bullin', bro. Um, and then the last story is not really an NHL story. Just Jeff Carter played junior hockey with the letter Kenny creator and star Jared Kessler. Thought that was kind of a cool thing. Everyone had known it. Jeff Carter, Philadelphia Flyers, traded out LA, wins a cop. Really good player, right? Good yeah, talk. I guess. Yeah. No, I'm, I just didn't know you were going to pivot to Jeff Carter. My whole thought process on this is I was just thinking, like, still haven't really gotten around to watching Letter Kenny. I don't know. Like, uh, it looks funny. Like I've seen clips. Should it's, I watch it? Yeah, it's awesome. But the thing is, is if you have Hulu, you have to watch it the Hulu without the commercials. Because if it has commercials, it's not worth it. Like Hulu plays so many commercials, it's the dumbest thing. Hulu's a tough app. There's just something about Hulu that just doesn't sit right with me. Like I have it. On Max, it doesn't sit with me. I really enjoy the shows on there, but in terms of the platform, that is the shittiest platform I've ever streamed TV on. I don't know. Searching and like getting out and trying to find something or like your list of like things that you watch. You can't go in and like choose a different episode. Like you have to start there and back out. HBO Max needs to wake up because it's, it's bad. I don't have any of those issues. And it's probably because I don't use my PS4 to stream like a 14 year old. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. That was probably harsh for me. I'm just saying, bro, like mine, mine plays consecutively. Like it loops in, like it's super easy. I don't know. It's super – and it never freezes. I just use an Apple TV. I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. I wish they – because my Netflix is fine. I wish that they just did whatever Netflix did but with better programming. Yeah. But beggars can't be choosing, I guess. Uh, EAS NHL time. We kind of already elaborated on this. Dale, do you want to talk about this at all? No, nah, I'm just struggling. I'm still looking for my first win. I haven't played in a couple weeks, honestly. And I got back Friday night and just got roasted again. So – only up to go from here, you know. Only up to go from here. Only up to go from here. <laughs> Only up to go from here. Uh, I'm talking about some Rangers. Uh, they went, they went one and one. Uh, they got blown out their first game by the Islanders. The Islanders came prepared, structured, had strategy. The Rangers kind of just came for an open gate. That might have been the more most demoralizing first games of the year I've ever watched as a Rangers fan. But I had to stay positive because it's only one game. Second game they come out, Tony D'Angelo scratched because he took an unsportsmanlike penalty call. Also, by the way, if you guys want to get a cool 100 likes or like 50 retweets on a tweet, just mention Tony D'Angelo and say that you hate him because it's the super in thing to do right now. And you're really clever when you do it because nobody's ever seen it before. So shout out to all those people who hate Tony D'Angelo and love to talk about it. You're all losers. Uh, so he was scratched second game. Rangers came back. They played very well. The looked great. Panarin looked great. Uh, Lafreniere. Looks like he belongs. Like he's not like I, I just don't know. He can he's not a super, super fast skater, but he controls the pace when he gets the puck. Uh Capo scored. I think that was good for him to get the monkey off his back super early in the year. Jacob Truba looks like he's like an absolute pain in the ass to play against, and that's kind of what we signed up when we got him. <clears throat> Georgiev had a shutout, which was nice. Keandre Miller looks like he belongs. He's super smooth skater. 
he's kind of in that awkward stage though. Like, you know, when you get a younger player who hasn't really like grown into his frame, he's just kind of super tall. And like, I feel like you push off the puck, but he's silky. Um, and shout out to Ted. I, I'm watching the game and before the game happened, I got reached out to you by this guy on Facebook. It was like 30 bucks for a signed picture, a zoom meeting, raffle tickets. I'm like, fuck it, whatever. I sign up. Uh, he gets me the picture of the day of the game. And then there's like a pregame thing where like you introduce yourself and watch the Rangers game. And there's a commercial and isn't the guy on the commercial as like the Rangers fan talking about his zoom meetings. I had no idea. Uh, I thought that was really cool. So shout out to him. Um, do you have any questions in regards to the Rangers? A hot start. You're going to probably say no. We'll move on to the Bruins. But do you have anything on the Rangers? I mean, dude, it just like I'm already sick of Rangers fans. The world was falling apart. Oh, the world was falling apart after game one. Everyone wanted to fire Quinn. And now all of a sudden the Rangers are this hot team. Uh, and David Quinn's going to lead them to the cup. That happened in about 48 hours. Uh, so I have no real take on them. It's two games. It's hard to tell what's going on in two games. It's going to be tough. I mean, here's the bottom line for the Rangers. I've been thinking this through. It's a tough division. Like I, there are no real top end teams, but a ton of very good teams in this division. And the bottom line, I think for the Rangers to get into the playoffs, they're going to have to win the season series against the Islanders, because I feel like that's probably going to be their closest competition. Like basically if the Rangers lose the season series to the Islanders, then they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, 100%. They're one and one. And it, it was literally the Rangers played so bad in the first game. And it was almost if you just did the exact opposite of what happened in the first game to the second game. And that's what it was. The Islanders Sometimes you need a like an ass kicking, too. Like maybe they came in thinking, like, we have these rookies, like it's going to be different this year. And then they forgot they actually have to put in the work. What do you think about that Johnston guy on the Isles? The big dude who fights in the Russ Ross Johnston? I don't know. I mean, he's fought some heavyweights before. Uh, he was mixing it up. I don't like him, dude. Why is that? Because he's just, tougher? It, he's tough, but, like, I just feel like – here's the thing. I don't like him, but I should like him because I like the old-style hockey when you had an enforcer and all that stuff. I just don't think he brings anything to the table other than, like, giving people noogies. But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. He's from PEI. Like, he's kind of an interested play, player. Like, he's a – He's a fighter, and he's just kind of in the wrong era. There's just something about Ross Johnson where it's kind of like, if Ross Johnson was fighting in like the NHL in the '90s, like he would not, he would not be good. But now he's the toughest guy on the ice, and it's like kind of frustrating in that sense. Do you know what I mean? But I, like, you, could Lemieux not fight Johnston? No, Lemieux could fight Johnson. It just Lemieux and Sezikis were going at it. Like it got, it got a little chippy. Uh, a few times, Brett Howden was throwing some uh, face washes, which was nice to see. He needs to keep that physical physicality if he wants to keep his role and earn his spot. But uh, Adam Fox looks great on the first power play. That's another thing I wanted to elaborate on. He is just—he's not a weapon in terms of like, oh, Adam Fox has a puck he can score right now. But like, he just makes the right play, and he's just really simple with the puck. He—he he controlled the first power play really well. Um, but yeah, Buchnevich had a, an absolute missile of a snipe. They looked good. They looked good in the second game. Again, you're right. It's two games in, but Rangers fans are the worst, man. Everybody wanted David Quinn fire. Jock Martin's wait, sitting there waiting like it's one game. One game. And then, of course, they bounced back, and Jack Johnson didn't look as shitty as he did in the first game. So, oh, Smitty looked great, by the way. Smitty was out there drawing penalties, making long stretch passes. Brendan Smith for the Norris. That's where you so, so, Ked, I did tune into the first game. I didn't watch the second. Um, one of the things I read in your blog is talking about the identity. Like, they, I totally agree. They had no identity the first game. They kind of all just looked like they were skating around, like a little uh, 
they have a purpose. Little, they have purpose. Yeah, they were. They all looked a little like shook. Um, so, what was the identity in the second game, and like, what do you think it was? What yeah, was the- question. great question? They kept it simple, man. They uh, there were a few things. They they were attacking the puck. Uh, they were creating court races, which is something that they didn't do in the first game. Uh, there was a lot of pressure, and I think the thing that they did very well. There were only a few times that I saw that they didn't do this. Is they did it from the inside out, meaning. They kept everybody to the outside of the ice. If you look at the Islanders, a lot of their goals, like a lot of their goals, at least against the Rangers, have come from uh, under under the goal line and finding somebody in the soft spot in the slot. And I thought they did a great job. Barzell, I mean, he was still super dangerous, but they kept him contained, which is really hard. He's one of the best skaters in the league. The shit that that guy can do is unbelievable. Like, it sucks that he's on the Islanders because if he was on like a premier team, he would be a huge name in the NHL. And I just, if he stays in the island, I don't know if that's gonna happen. But um, they defended well. They they put they kept it simple. They kept pucks on net. They weren't just showboating or thinking that they they deserved the puck. They went out and got the puck. And um, good question though, Dale. That's the type of shit I'm talking about, dude. I appreciate it. instead of the hell like, well, I hate Rangers fans. So, well, let, let's go. I, to- if I didn't say I hated Rangers fans, none of that would have even happened. We would have just moved on to the Bruins. Butterfly effect, dude. And speaking of the Bruins, let, let's go to the Bruins. Uh, before we actually get into their play, I don't know if you know this. I just saw this. Adam McQuaid retired. Uh, so shout out to Quaid. He was He's probably known for being on the Rangers more than he is on the Bruins. But, <laughs> Fuck off. What, what do you have on Quaid? What a hell of a career from a guy who battled for everything that he got, I would think. Yeah, 100%. I don't know, man. I I think a lot of people just know Adam McQuaid now from that Danny Heatley uh, like parody account tweeting about Quaid. Uh, so he's kind of like a meme, but and he used to bundle himself. Like we used to make fun of that, but at the end of the day, dude, like Adam McQuaid, one of my favorite Bruins during that era. Like when they beat the Canucks in the playoffs that year, number six defenseman, uh, he had a fucking mullet. Like he was just bullying people out there. Just one of the first people, like whenever someone got cheap shotted, it was McQuaid. Like people forget when Louis Erickson got his head decapitated by John Scott, Adam McQuaid just sprinted. At John Scott, which is like, and like, and like McQuaid could throw because he was so lengthy. Uh, he that's what he was. He was lanky. He had those long arms, and he had such a crazy reach. Uh, just a great fighter, and he lost that fight to Scott. But the fact he was willing to do that's kind of the the main point. It kind of sums it up. And every person ever always says like Adam McQuaid, like one of the best humans. He said in that article too. Uh, he still lives in Boston, and he'll always be a Bruins fan at heart. So that was nice to hear. Uh, I his one defining moment on the Rangers is when Kadri, I think, went after Georgia and McQuaid came, it just ragdolled them for like ten seconds. Yeah. Didn't, didn't punch him, but let everybody know that like he he's the alpha on the ice. Yeah, which his is nice. I'm glad you got one. His finger was always on the eject button. There was never an opportunity where if he had to fight, he'd be like, oh, I don't know. He'd be like, Okay, let's go. Uh, when I think a tough. I mean, dude, you look at some of the Bruins defensemen from that era. Johnny Boychuk just ripping slap shots every single time he had an opportunity. Andrew Ference, tough as shit, dude. Adam McQuaid, like those are defensemen that I don't know if they're household names or not. They're your premier new school NHL move the puck, get up the ice. But those were tough son of a bitches to play against. Dude. And people forget too when Tory Krug came yeah. in the league, his partner was Adam McQuaid for a couple of years because Adam McQuaid would stay back and shelter him, and yeah. that's how it works. So like, and that was huge for Krug too uh, to kind of have that crutch. So you're right. Those are the defensemen that like play that role that you don't think about too much. But when you have a super steady defenseman, you have to appreciate it. Hell of a hockey career. Can I just mention a New York Rangers defenseman really quick before we go into a little bit more? Because I, I, I don't remember if I tweeted out or if it was in a blog. 
if I like whenever I have kids and if they want to play hockey and one of them wants to play a defenseman, if I want them to model their game after somebody, Ryan fucking Lindgren, dude. I I know it's like it's kind of cliche and kids being a huge homer right now. I don't know if I've ever seen a defenseman. I mean, like Dan Girardi had a ton of heart for sure. But in terms of like compete level and always being overmatched size wise and like strength wise, Ryan Lindgren is a dick to play against. Like he makes him and Anders Lee, he had the entire New York New York Islanders wanting to kill him. He didn't even like go over the edge. He was just like that annoying gnat who was just always there. Remember last year there was a there was a play in front of the net where it was Lindgren and Malkin and they were like baseball hitting each other with their sticks and shit. Malkin probably had a full foot on him. And Hal, I don't know if you've seen a picture of Lindgren right now. He has two black eyes right now and a neck beard that like goes out to here. Like looking at him, he looks like he's looking at six three two forty. He loves the bleed too. He, if if I ever have a kid who plays defense, I want my kid's compete level to be like Ryan Lindgren because he is just. I, if you get a chance to watch some Rangers games this year, just or even when the Rangers play the Bruins. Watch Ryan Lindgren because you'll love him, and he's such a Boston Bruin. Like I, I look at him, that's why I brought him up when we're talking about Ferentz and Boychuk. Like he would have been an absolute fan favorite in Boston. Jack Edwards would have loved him. But, yeah, and that's pretty much how they talked about him when he was our prospect too. It's never changed. That's always been his mo. That's uh, my Ryan Lindgren highlight of the week. I fucking love that guy. But that so Quater retires. Uh, I saw this quick fun fact. Bergeron and Marchand have combined for 10 shorthanded goals since the 2018-19 season, more than the Panthers, Sabres, Wild, Stars, and Kings. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're just – they're elite, dude. They find each other in the craziest spots. I think it's kind of like Chell. Like, when, you, when you're when you shorthanded, it is true that the way the D sags, there's, like – there's all this open room. Like, if one of the players finds open room, I don't know, two-on-one, shorthanded, it's always, like, Marchand to Bergeron, Barry, uh, same old. And then you brought up two – uh, if they have a chance without getting caught, should NHL Bruins accidentally on purpose take some liberties on New Jersey Devils goalie Mackenzie Blackwood? This was tweeted by Murphy's Law. So backdrop on this, uh, Miles Wood had two goalie interference penalties against us, and like they were both pretty small. He was just banging around the crease being Miles Wood, and I guess Murph wanted – I don't want to call him Murph like I like the guy, but he wanted – uh, some payment for that, I guess. But that's kind of a wild Twitter poll to be like, should the Bruins run the other team's goal? <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Like, the, to the people going at Murphy's Law, like, shut up because you guys have all thought this. The issue yeah. is, is you can't say this. Like, you can't be like, hey, should we go attack the other team's goalie? Especially if you're verified on Twitter, you can't just be saying shit like that. You can think it. Like, there's been plenty of times right, where the Rangers would be playing a team where maybe somebody had a cheap shot, and the whole time I'm thinking, well, I really hope we just take out their best player. But I don't go around telling people that. Like, I think it's okay that you can think it, but to actually put it in writing and it's like be a member of the media with all this stuff. And then now you're going to have all your, like, your social justice warriors coming after you being like, oh, you can't fucking say that, which I get. Like, I just, the balls on this tweet, it's, it's, it's dragging from the ground. You said some pretty ballsy tweets, dude. And is, is it okay if you say it about your own player? If I hope my own player gets hurt? No, I mean, you've been known to tweet something along those lines, yeah. Way back in the day, dude. If if, you're, if we're talking Mark Stahl, dude, like, yeah, way back in the day. But, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I tweeted it. Like, I definitely talked to you guys about it. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I just – in the current environment that we have going on, the reporter putting out, like, oh, hey, 
What did he say? If they have the chance without getting caught, should the Bruins accidentally on purpose take some liberties on Mackenzie Blackwood today? Here's here's another thing that Murph can say is like I said take liberties. I didn't say hurt him. You know what I mean? Like maybe like, oh, maybe a nice face wash or just like a little little stab after the whistle. If if he's talking about just kind of getting in his kitchen, I think that's fine. But I think the fact that people are assuming that he means like take him out of the game could be yeah. real. Yeah, I uh I get what you're saying with that. I think I'm going to pivot really quick and just kind of toss this in there. So first first shift, next game, 10 seconds in, Kevin Miller fights Miles uh, Wood, which is likely because of this. What's that? No, Killer's back. I didn't even know he was back. Yeah, so he's missed two years. He looked good. He was throwing the body around. He's just a good presence to have. We'll see if he can keep up. But he, I mean, he's in incredible shape. He's one of those dudes that's just jack. So good to see Killer back. McAvoy, I wanted to touch on really quick, throwing the body around a ton. Uh, love to see that. So he looked good. Craig Smith, we only saw him for one game. He was injured in the first. I don't know much about him yet, but uh, I'll say he's just one of those guys I like the way he looks on the ice. Uh, great equipment. He's got a great stride. He's missing a tooth. He's got like he's just got that look of like I like this guy's on my third that he's on my third line. So Craig Smith fan. I wanted to do this, and I don't know if you're okay with this, but. I was thinking about it. My favorite part, I think, about this new season this year um, is not – it's the fact that they're playing, like, back-to-backs. Like, I kind of like the way these series are going because, one, it builds animosity. But from a hockey fan point perspective, like, I like that I'm watching the same team twice. Like, if I watch the Devils three times in a year, like, it's hard to build on your thoughts on the players on the Devils when you're seeing them spread out. But back-to-back games – There's carry Yes, and I wrote down a couple notes I had on the Devils. So I just wanted to throw these one out this out there because we never talk about them. I like Mackenzie Blackwood. I don't he he shit the bed at juniors for Team Canada a while back. He's another Thunder Bay guy. I know you have a problem with that city. Nine fifteen oh, for the Thunder. Thunder Bay guy who played for the Thunder. Fun fact. Adirondack Thunder ECHL. I don't know. Nine fifteen save percentage last year. So far in the first two games, he had a nine fifty four save percentage. He he was great against the Bruins. He was supposed to have Corey Crawford kind of be his one-two, and Crawford retired. Like, what do you think on Blackwood? I know he might not be there yet to be a, like a full-time starter, but he's like 23, 24. I, I don't know. I think he's pretty like an interesting goalie prospect. Don't know much about him. Hope he succeeds just because he, he was with the Thunder. It, it would be nice. I mean, when's the last time? Corey Schneider kind of shit the bed for the Devils, right? Like, he, he was never that guy. Yeah. The last good goalie on the Devils, Marty, still. Yeah. True. That's a good point. Definitely not Keith Kincaid. My next point, I just brought him up. We don't have to touch on him a ton, but Miles Wood had two goals. I hate, I hate playing against him. He pisses me off. But like that, that guy, it kind of feels like he's a waste on the Devils. Like if he was on a playoff contention team, that's the exact type of guy you want in the playoffs. He his north south speed with his size is borderline unstoppable. Yeah, like today's he, NHL. He reminds you, at least for me, like a poor man's Tom Wilson a little bit. I think he's probably a better faster though. Yeah, right, but. I mean, he's tough as shit, too. Like, he's everything that I wish with Ryder when he wanted to play, but, like, with more of a shot, I guess. Uh, he plays the game hard. He'll fight. I love Miles Wood, and you're right. Like, if you're a playoff team and you can add him, that's not bad. There's there's few players in the league that are like that, right? Like, you have Tom Wilson, uh, the guy up in Montreal. What's his name? Um, played for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Josh Anderson and, like, Miles Wood. I feel like they're all kind of, like, the same. Chris Kreider could have been if he, if he like, was tough. But like the, the, the intense of having the frame and the speed and like the ability to just like, I don't know. I, I would agree. Great player. 
next one, and I think I brought this up to you already. Yegor Sharangovich, uh, a very devil's name. He's a 2018 draft pick, fifth round out of Belarus. Uh, he flies. I've never heard of this kid before. I saw a stat. He's the first person not drafted in the first three rounds to play in the NHL out of the 2018 draft. Kind of shows that he came quick. Already played 34 games in the KHL this year, so he's midseason form. 25 points, 34 games. You think about that, though. He's playing a full 80-game season, so that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. I just like him. I don't know how good he'll be. Maybe he's like a 40-point guy, but his speed is electric. And he had a pretty cool interview, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he was like super pumped up, like in his broken Russian, kind of talking about like the boys gassing him up. So that was cool. And then my last one, really quick, uh, another uh, 2018 draft pick, first rounder Ty Smith, that defenseman out of the WHL, Spokane Chiefs. He's five eleven, and he's like remind me of Tory Krug a little. Very good on the power play, very calm with the puck, heads up, makes good decisions. I think it'll just be one of those things. Uh, it. Can he play in the D zone as such a small defenseman? Like uh, Hughes did it, right? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of gives you some hope, but I guess that'd be the one knock on him. See what happens. But I thought he was he looked like NHL ready for sure. I hate hearing that because like there's a group of Rangers analytic fans that just pump this kid's fire all the time. And I just I want them to be wrong. So the fact that you're telling me that he's good, that kind of pisses me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Still not convinced on the Devils, dude. I'm no, no, that's the thing. I'll say this. So each year was out. I like him. He's not a first overall talent, but he's a very good player. They have some injuries. I still think they're nowhere near even making the playoffs. But I just wanted to – I mean, that's a good thing, though. All those guys are young, yeah. you know. At least the Devils have something. And, oh, you know, actually, you're probably going to hate this. I don't watch a ton of it, and I feel like people label him a bust. I actually think Pavel Zaka – uh, is kind of like a good two-way center. I, I think he's more of maybe a third-line center in his, like, prime. I could be wrong, but, like, good on face-offs, like, plays two ways. I more Better player than I remember. I thought he was trash last time I saw him play. He's such a devil, dude. This is just another Damian Zubris, Travis Zajac all over again, dude. Like, <laughs> irrelevant. I, I'm never going to be like, Pavel Zach is sick. <laughs> Fair enough. I, that's all I got. That's my devil's roundup. All right. All right, and now, speaking of Roundup, we're going to go to Beer League Roundup. Uh, I put this uh, question out on Reddit because I think a lot of us Beer Leaguers have some pretty crazy stories of things that we've seen. What's the craziest thing you've seen? This is the response I got. I've also seen a guy come out on the ice, just the jockstrap, take a little shit on the ice and skate in a shootout attempt during a Can-Am tournament in Montreal. It was a skills competition. There wasn't really an official on the ice, just somebody loosely directing the comp. Nobody knew it was shit until after the guy shot and part of it stuck to the glass. It was definitely the strangest thing I've ever seen. It was a team from somewhere in Ontario. I even remember what they called themselves because their jerseys were so odd. They were bright pink with the logo of a pig on them, and on the back of their jerseys were their numbers where was a picture of a pig's ass. They called themselves We Love Pigs. All these guys could play as they were all junior players and probably the best in the team in the tournament as the weekend rolled along, but they had fewer guys showing up every game. <clears throat> Our last game against – uh, them, their goalie didn't show up because he was so drunk and refused to get up for the game. Good guys, they just came to party hard and play a little hockey. We got to know all the teams a little bit because there were multiple rinks involved and you took a bus from the hotel to the rinks. This was spring of 08, if I remember the year right. So this guy actually took a shit on the ice. We know somebody pretended to. But yeah, kind of a kind of a great one. Our friend Dubsy, who pretended to poop on center ice at, the, at a beer league game, kind of devalues that whole situation. Like, this guy actually took a dump. So that's tough to hear. But uh, I thought it was a kind of a crazy story arc that he ended up saying these are pretty good guys. Cause my first thought is 
if I rolled up to a beer league game and like I'm half in the bag, it's the first game, everyone's pumped, right? So you start pounding beers, even though you have to play. You go out onto the ice for warm-ups. You look across, you see pink jerseys that say, we we love pigs. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you sometimes just see a matchup. You're like, these kids are going to be dickheads. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of – yeah, that would have been the vibe if I were to see them. And then especially if I saw somebody taking a shit, like, at, at center ice. But also, they could be a team that maybe after the game you're in the parking lot and they're all, like, getting, like, boozed up. And then one guy comes over and then before you know it, you're hanging out. We love pigs. 100%. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hate to play play hate to play them, but they probably like they probably like brought an inflatable pool or like a, like a sick grill or like a nice tent to hang out in. Like I feel like if if somebody's taking a shit at center ice, their team definitely has a lot of like party beers. 100%. I just don't understand like how many beers you have to drink to like be like, "All right, it's so it's a good idea to take a dump on the ice right now." You have to be blacked out. To actually, to actually have poop leave your butt, you have to be blacked out. There's, yeah. that, dude, like, you, you belong to like What's the yeah. goal doing in this situation if you're getting shot on? Okay, so if I that's the other thing. If I was the goalie and I came to the realization that he had just attempted to shoot poop at me, I would probably <laughs> attack him. Yeah. I'd probably attack him, dude. You got to think about the goalie in that situation. Goalies are hard to come by. Like, I would retire, like – you know what I mean? That's what's probably the most fucked up is there would have been a victim in all of this. Bro, if you're a goalie and someone shoots a shirt at you, you can't ever play hockey again. No, can you imagine if he scored too? Or if it hit you right in the face and splattered into your eyes. That's what I'm saying. It's too risky. Like, just yeah. respect. So that that was our that was our beer league thing. Dale, do you have an ODR experience or is this from last week? Uh, this was from last week, but I did play play a little bit today. The ice is getting a little softer. We're supposed to get 20 in the 20 degrees this week, so hopefully be out there a lot more. Um, as far as other beer league stuff with me, this is my hopefully last week off. Um, I'm excited to get back out next week. Oh, yeah, dude. Pumped to have you. Um, can't wait for that. And now we're going to get into our Patty B. Hotline. Hey, this is the Patty B. Hotline brought to you by the Morning Skate. Guys, Patty B Hotline. Let me just get this thing up here. I thought the producer would be doing this, but I got it. All right, we got that going. <laughs> Let's. Uh, and here's our here's our phone call. This question is for Bizdev Dale. Um, you need to stop flip flopping on which team you like. Are you an Avalanche fan or are you a New York Rangers fan? Well, I, I appreciate the uh, the question. From uh, our dear friend Connor, um, again, I don't know how many times I have to say on this podcast. I grew up Colorado Avalanche fan. Enjoyed the uh, the pleasures of being fairly w- fucking great team in the '90s. Uh, loved those series. Then kind of faded away and stopped watching NHL as much um, until college, where a lot of my friends were Rangers fans, and it, I really enjoyed the camaraderie aspect of being on it, being able to share the Rangers enjoyment with other people. This is around the Callahan time. Too. Yeah. I mean, I know they were pretty good back then, so I'm not painting the best picture for my fandom right now. Go ahead, Ken. This episode, what do you do? I think I grew up an Avalanche fan, but I but I morphed into a Rangers fan. But do I know that much about the Rangers still? Not really, dude. So which – but but you need to pick a team, bro. This is kind of it right here. The, we don't the question of the call is for you to pick a team. So we, we need yes clarity. Yeah, so we don't, yeah. 
Yeah, I have been thinking about this quite a bit lately, and I feel like I'm being put on the spot. I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, dude, I'm going to go with the Avalanche, but I also it's like way harder to watch the Avalanche, and it, I'm I'm probably not going to write about him, but I like. I'm no gonna, one's asking you that, dude. We're just asking you to pick a side. Let's go, McKinnon, baby. All right, so we got Dale. Dale is. An Avs fan. Uh, Kid, you got anything else on that? Seems like he's not sure of himself. I just don't know why it took that long. Just You're an Avs fan, dude. That's your thing. You don't need to watch the games again. We talked about this earlier. You can go – oh, I don't know if you have NHL Network. Do you have NHL Network? I don't. If I had NHL Network, I probably would have seen my broadcast. Good <laughs> call. In case you guys forgot, Dale was on NHL Network. Shout out to Dale. Breaking, he's an Avalanche fan. All right. Thank you, guys, for the uh, questions. Again, you can call in 518-309-2595. That's 518-309-2595. We appreciate the questions. Thank you, guys. Now we are going to move on. We're not doing a three stars this week. So last segment, uh, Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Thank you, Dom. Uh, before we get into this, I think you guys – I don't know if we talked about it last week. Dom Moore is actually going to be one of the analysts for NBC Sports this year. How pumped are we about that? Yeah, maybe we'll get a new clip uh, for the Dom Moore intro. Not that I hate our old one, but maybe we can update it. Like, I would love to get Dom Moore on the pod. You think yeah. you can come on? I, honestly, I would be happy if Dom Moore gave us five minutes of his time and just gave us his hero and zero of the week. That would be sick. Beyond cameo, because I'd pay money for that. I don't think so. I Domor doesn't strike me as a cameo guy. I wish he was. Although Domor did not strike me as an analyst either. Like I think Domor was a smart hockey player. His actions didn't always show that, and like he knows the game, so I think he'll be a good analyst. But I didn't. See, I did. I saw him being more like reclusive and like doing something quiet. You know what I mean? Like he never was like an outspoken personality with the media or anything when he was on the Bruins. I don't know if he was with the Rangers. I don't even remember him on the Bruins. It was like a good year. One year. Spin- yes, you had to have because we used to talk about the spinoramas because they transitioned. But. I love Don Moore, but shout out to that guy. Uh, my Hero of the Week goes to uh, this new design that we have. Uh, shout out to at H-A-Y-L-O dot designs. I think Halo designs. Uh she did some stuff. I saw it. I was like, hey, do you think we can get a new uh, new image of the boys? And she did it, and I think it looks great. Um, when, whenever we start doing merch again, we're definitely going to hit her up because, I mean, she did a great job. What do you guys have on that? A+. plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. She, she absolutely killed it. Uh, all three of us, like, if you look at the actual design, it actually looks quite a bit like us. Uh, super nice. Super nice designer. I'm pumped. Uh, pumped she did this for us. Really, really kind. How? What do you have on this? Dude? Well, I fa- I failed out of studio art in high school, so I have the utmost respect for artists. So, nicely done. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it up real quick. Too. There it is. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dale. That was my hero of the week. Uh, I'll do my zero of the week too. I'm hot right now. Uh, my zero of the week goes to this guy who told us that he put on 10 to 15 pounds of uh, muscle this, this offseason. Here's a quick chance. Hughes shoots wide of goal. You can't tell people that he put 10 to 15 pounds on and then rip a muffin into the corner like that. Yeah, 100%. Again, though, boys, I feel like we got to remember that the podcast people, like he just showed a video of Quinn Hughes falling and chewing the puck in the corner. 
they heard it. Essentially, it's a video of Hughes coming down the, the wing. Big big game, big time for him to step up, and then he falls over when he takes a slap shot, and it goes into the Yeah, I will say, though, he did – at first I was kind of like, Hughes doesn't look that much better, but I think he's showing – like some some flash of what he's gonna be, and he's gonna be a very good hockey player. I don't know if he gained fourteen pounds of muscle though; that could be tough. He also grew his hair out, so I don't think the weight of his hair counts into the fifteen pounds. So somebody should tell him. That. <laughs> All right, Dale, you want to go next? Sure, man. So uh, my zero of the week goes out to Pond Hockey Karens. These are these are your Karens who are calling the police, telling people that there's people playing pond hockey, getting too close, whatever, whatever it is, COVID or not, like no, no recreation signs. Basically, essentially we had um, a follower reach out saying, Hey, do you know any good place to skate around Saratoga, Glens Falls? We just got kicked off of our pond hockey area. She, uh, she said, basically someone came by, took, was acting sketchy, took some weird photos of them and then called the police. Uh like, come on. Well, no, somebody took a picture and then some lady came by and, and like told them that they shouldn't be there. And as they were skating off, she's like, I'll call the police. That lady, go eat a fucking Snickers, dude. You have to get a life if, if all you live for is calling the police on somebody skating on a lake. There's not much to do right now. COVID's everywhere. Let people live their life. I hate miserable fucking people like that. You're literally not harming anyone like you. Nobody. Anything to do with me right now, so I'm not bothering you. But oh, man, I would make it my mission to make that lady's life a living hell, like legally. But I would make sure that I would rattle her cage every time she saw me. Yeah, I agree, dude. I mean, let the let the kids play. I people like that are the worst, and it seems to be like a trend. Didn't we talk about? Wasn't there some guy in Saratoga who called the cops to uh to play to ice hockey? Out to the lake last week too. No, oh, that was Dale. It was Dale. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I'm just fucking with you, Dale. We all forgot that was a traumatic experience. I shouldn't have brought it up. But I agree. You're not like the Karen. You called the cops for a different reason. I did just want to point out that's two weeks in a row, cops being called to the lake. That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You kind of threw me there, but. Uh, my- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna fight through and move on to my hero of the week hero of the week goes it's kind of like a triple hero of the week goes out to business development not myself but just business development as a whole um <laughs> the whole field <laughs> no there's three things i'm shouting out <laughs> so it's a tri- it's a quick triple here um one i want to give a special shout out to hank henry our flyers guy had his first interview with gucci gross like I, t- I told him, you know, you might be a little nervous before. Kid did a great job. Um, and just a quick reminder that literally his first podcast interview of all time was with John Bucci-Gross. Fucking pat on the back to Hank. Um, second off with business development, I, want, I just want to give a shout out to Ked. He's been crushing it this week. He's been putting out a, a ton of content, a lot of feelers, really, really embodying this uh, leadership role of captain that we, we know he's always had in him. But it's just really shining this week. Um, last, second and last, yeah, yes, yes, Jimmy. I wrote a blog in eight minutes from a 99 booth about Voracek from your phone, which is pretty impressive, which is also an important development that we learned. We can, we can, uh, eight minutes WordPress from our phone. Um, and third, 
we put out uh, a couple of graphics this week, calls for action on writers. We've been overflowing with uh, responses in our emails. A lot of people. So my third one goes out to you, the fans, the followers, everybody reaching out. Um, we're excited to bring on some more writers for new teams and really get some more content out there. Cause I was just pumped with the amount of uh, interest. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing once we hang up from here is I got to read all these blogs that people sent. Shout out to people who uh, are interested in this. Uh, I thought this was interesting. We actually had two people reach out and their names were Rocco. Two Roccos reached out to us about covering different teams. Never would have thought that would have happened. Um, we're really excited. We're just trying to cover the NHL a little bit more, keep producing content for the people listening to this podcast. Um, that's kind of what I have on that. Thank you, Dale. Biz Dev, my hero of the week. Uh, talk about a business developer, someone who has a track record, Eugene Melnick. Uh, I don't remember all the specifics of it, but in Eugene Melnick world, you don't need the stats. You just need your heart there. So basically, Eugene Melnick, like the government basically like went on a COVID shutdown. Then Eugene Melnick's like Ottawa, the Senators are going to have fans at their games. He faced a lot of backlash, which makes sense because the government literally just said no. So what did Eugene Melnick do? He used his own media Right, we always talk about how Eugene Melnick controls the media before they control him. Well, he created his own media outlet, his own blog, and wrote out basically being like, "Just kidding, guys. I didn't mean it. Like, when we're able to have fans, we'll have fans. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I just loved it. I mean, PR 101 from Eugene getting on the blog again. Also, I think people are a little harsh for him on this. Like, like he might have really just meant like we'll have fans eventually. Like, it's not like he was gonna break laws. What are were the Ottawa Senators just gonna break the law? Bro, that, that first tweet sounded like they were going to be there game one. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's my boy. I'm just trying to defend him. Oh, I know, and I did it, but I just love the fact he did that. And about an hour later, it was like quick damage control. Delete the previous tweet. Hopefully nobody saw about it. You know, we're a huge, huge podcast. We have been since. I mean, maybe we flip-flop back and forth, at least in the beginning. But uh, I think we're very in on Eugene, what he has going on in Ottawa. And I love his website. Basically, what happened is we got to like our fifth story with Eugene like three years ago, and every single story we talked about how big of an idiot he was. And it was at that point I realized that I just I'm seeing him through the wrong perspective. And I put on a new pair of glasses, and I really saw his true beauty. So that's just kind of he's the gift that keeps giving. Hero of the week, Eugene. Zero of the week, uh, just the Florida Panthers stuff. We didn't talk on this. So, so Keith hard. Yandel, so Keith Yandel basically came out. He has an Iron Man streak of eight hundred something. I don't know. Basically, he's been playing every game forever. He's battled through injuries, and then it was like the rumor was that like they had fallen out of good graces with the Florida Panthers organization, and they were going to scratch him for the first game. And it was like, what? I I just didn't understand it. And now he is playing tonight, so it's kind of like, how did this happen? Like, do you know what I mean, dude? Like, it just seems very Florida Panthers that like they were going to blow this and then there was backlash and they changed their minds. The only, I'm just trying to think of acceptable reasons who has why this happened. So One, that, that's maybe Yandel was in on it and this is a song thing and I'm not fucking around. Like maybe that legitimately is one of the reasons. The only other reason that this would happen is that Florida wants to move Yandel as soon as possible. But other than that, dude, like why would you tell everybody he's not going to play? Piss everybody off. Like how, what, it's a distraction from the team. It's a distraction from me. Like, I just don't understand what the fucking – and if this was the case, why would you go to the media about it? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that's 
I don't get that. And and the thing too that you kind of said is like it didn't make any sense. What doesn't make sense to me the most, if you look at their D outside of Ekblad, it's Mackenzie Weger, Anton Strahlman, Riley Stillman, and Radko Gudis. You're gonna play any of those four over Keith Yandel? Yeah, that's wild. Uh maybe Strawman if you want to like defend, but like dude, Keith Yandel had 40 assists last year. It's right, not like Keith Yandel sucks. Like he's still Keith Yandel. There's no reason to scratch him unless there's something deeper going on. I don't know. I just thought it was mismanagement. You like look back at when Gerard Gallant got like fired and had to take the Uber from the rink. It's just so Florida Panthers. Right. And like part of me wished they did scratch him just to watch the like the spit and chicklets world burn. Like it would have been really cool on Tuesday or whatever day their podcast comes out that to like listen to Whitney talk about how much of a disgrace the Florida Panthers were. Like that would have been and I don't know if he could have done it, right? Because he's on NHL Network. So it kind of fucking sucks that that didn't happen. Because I would have loved to have seen the reaction. I love Keith Handel. Like, I hope he, I mean, I hope he plays. He's a, he was a great New York Ranger and stuff. But, like, if he got scratched, the world would have burned. Here's my question for you guys. Uh, so the Panthers are a team, right, that is going to have, like, limited capacity. 25% of their rank they're going to allow. So that's roughly 5,000 fans. Are they going to sell out? We talked. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. What did we say? What was the general consensus? I think it was just kind of mentioned, like in two seconds. I, I looked it up. I think they averaged fourteen thousand people last year, so you would hope that they'd sell out. And like, I know a couple of people have recently moved to Florida and like checking out their Snapchats and shit. Florida has no idea COVID exists. Like they literally live like. <laughs> like I'm not fucking around. So like, if you can get COVID and then you'll never get it again, move to Florida because life's normal there. Like, they, dude, they literally, they do whatever the fuck they want. Nobody but it's weird. What was weird to me, because, like, they had the parade and shit, is uh, the Lightning aren't going to have any fans. But I wonder if that's just because they probably just made a bunch of money because they won the cup, and it's like, right. we don't need it. I don't know. The Panthers definitely need it, and that's why if they're following the law and it's 25%, who cares if they need that? It, it just, like, to me, you hear about like these football games, playoff football games. And it's so hard to get tickets to like the bills games and shit. I just wonder if it's going to be the same demand where everyone's so itching to get out of the house that it's like, let's be one of 5,000 at the Panthers game. It's not even that. It's also the fact that like those seats are going to be spread out. So not only are you getting, a seat, you actually get leader at hockey games now. Like you ever been to a sold out game? Like dude, you are Good point. actually the garden, the, not the garden that people recognize the garden for your garden. I've never been, but I heard the seats there are like super jam packed. Are they not like where you're like this and there's not a lot of leg room or did I make that up? They, didn't no, they, they made them smaller last year. And like right? before that, if you were in the upper deck, they're a little tight. Like I remember, I remember like when we went with Dale that one time and all the boys were there in the upper deck, like it was shoulder to shoulder, but I mean, yeah. So I get what you're saying. That is leisure. Like you row. That's sick. Like, you know how, like, when you go to, like, a Skidmore game, like a D3 game where you walk into a rink with your boys, like, you don't all sit right next to each other on the same bench. Like, you spread out. Like, you, like, lean back, you spread out. Same thing. I agree. I didn't think about that. That's, like, like, I don't wish I flew during COVID, but I always thought about how nice it was when they were, like, spreading people out on planes and you were guaranteed a space between you. Dude, Cowboy flew back from Florida. He went to – one of his buddies started a golf company, so him and a couple of his buddies just went to Florida for the golfing. And he sent me a Snapchat last night. He had the entire row, and I don't know if people were just not flying, but, like, it was pretty much his airplane. Like, he was kind of on a private jet. Like, it was literally just him. It's fucking sick. Yeah. Because, like, I don't that would be the time to fly. Because I get – I'm not, like, super claustrophobic, but, like, I hate having people around. Like, fucking 
Yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be weird. The first time I get back on a plane, that just feels like a. It feels like a, a plane's like an echo cham- chamber of like breathing and shit. That's what we need to talk about on podcast. Getting on planes. Fair um, enough, dude. I actually have one other thing before we like cut this short. I have two jerseys in my cart right now that I want to purchase, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Ready? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I I know your first one, and I'm I'm all about it. Number thirteen, Lafreniere. Yeah, so Lafreniere is my first one. The reason why I want to get his jersey, and I know it's two games in, and I know I should like really try to avoid like giving this kid that. Right? He just has, and like maybe it's just because him and Capo are wildly different like players in terms of how they like present themselves. But for the first time, it seems like the Rangers have a kid who like just loves to play hockey. And like loves to be with the boys. He hasn't had a point yet, but like I don't know if this is like a weird thing about it, but when somebody scores a goal, I always like the guy who comes into the pile like fucking jacked up. Yeah. Like there's just something about that because like you're so involved in the game and you didn't score, but like you're that pumped. Panarin scored on a breakaway. Lafreniere literally picked him up and threw him into the glass. And then Booch had an absolute rifle. First one to the pile, like after the game, he's fucking hanging with Panarin, like talking to Panarin, and then like as they're getting off the ice, comes up behind Capo and like kind of gives him a couple shots to the back, like hey, because Capo scored earlier. Little shit like that for me, and I know it's probably stupid, and maybe he doesn't amount to anything. Goes a long way. I and we've heard all of his leadership qualities throughout the years, like in World Junior and all this shit. Like the Rangers might, and it's not going to be anytime soon, because like. They don't have a captain now, Aaron Jack Ryder, whatever. They might have found their player that they can legitimately build around. And again, two games in, I know I'm probably sounding like an asshole for saying that, but there's just like those little qualities in him that for me go a long, long way. Like that's why I hated Rick Nash. Rick Nash would score a goal and it was like he would yawn afterwards and then skate to the bench. Like I want somebody who scores a goal and it's like, let's fucking go. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's a different type of like emotion it, it endears you to the player quicker and it may and it also makes you when they're a rookie it makes you think that they're going to last longer because they seem so invested i think lafreniere lafreniere's a, a fine jersey dude i would have no quarrels with that. Year, i think the fact that like if he ends up becoming this player then i had his jersey for the first year it's a little bit more like hey i told you so although he's the first overall pick like, a little different that's my first one my second jersey the home calgary flames jersey matthew kachuk uh I want to start wearing more hockey stuff now this is becoming a show and like people can watch it. And the only jerseys I really have are like Rangers jersey and I have one Alex Ovechkin Washington Capitals practice jersey. Didn't really want to wear that. I want to start adding some jerseys to my collection. And I think the first one in terms of how they look, I love the Calgary Flames home jerseys. What do you think? Yeah, I don't fuck, man. I yeah, it goes against my personal beliefs. I just don't think I could wear another jersey of an NHL team, but I not a bad player to pick, and it's a clean setup. I also personally can't wear a white jersey because I know I'd get like. Well, this one's the all red one, but wearing it for the podcast and like it's kind of nice to have a weird jersey when you play prawn hockey. That jersey, yeah, that's you, bro. I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. Washington hockey fans, the Caps dropped game one, and now they're going to be without one of their stars for game name? two. Yeah, has been pulled out of contest. Todd Reardon says Backstrom is in the concussion. This is exciting. Are we timing day and Dale's out? I'm out of the stream. I can't handle that. But uh, so that's what I have on that. Um, Hal's kind of iffy on it, but I like that jersey. Yeah, there you go, dude. sorry for the technical difficulty. Maybe you need to try to find like a sick junior jersey or something like that. Like uh Lafreniere's junior jersey would be sick. Then I become like Stat Boy Steve. I don't want that. 
No, I don't. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, you could just get a random one. Like I always, if you had like a Medicine Hat Tigers jersey or something like that, I think that plays. Just something you have literally no relation to. I've always wanted to get an Ottawa 67 jersey, like the one Soger though. But um, that's kind of what we had on this week's podcast. Do you guys have anything else? That's it, dude. I like this podcast. I like when we're back in the flow and we're not doing predictions. And it's just like my favorite podcasts are when it's just like random ass news from the week and little stories. So I'm just, I'm happy hockey's back. It seems like it's going well. And if all the COVID stuff like continues to like be fine and we get this hockey season, I'm pumped, dude. Like first three stars of the week would be like all three would be NHL. Sick. Yeah, no, I'm pumped. And I think we have a trivia podcast ready to go on Wednesday that we're going to have to get some graphics ready for so people can vote on stuff. But I'll try to schedule some interviews this week. I don't know if we have – we have Blade Tech in the future. I have to reach back out to them. So uh, we have a few things we got to get done, but that's what I got. Dale, anything else? No, I just echoing what Ryan said. It's nice to, nice to have the season back. I, for the first time, kind of was able to kick back on opening night and really enjoy some hockey. So pumped. If, uh, is Breeze Brady tonight? Yeah, six o'clock. So I'll be watching that. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you guys soon. Later.